We hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. I thank you, Lord, that you are alive and breathing and that you live in us. And, Lord, that you speak to us and we can have a relationship with you, Lord. That, Lord, as we learn to trust you, as we learn to lay down our lives before you, as you help lead us through different circumstances, situations in our life. I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful and that, Lord, you will always come through. And so, Lord, this morning, as just articulate this, this, this short message, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would, you would minister into every single person's heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm just, I don't care. I'm, I love this passage. I know some of you have heard it before. But I reckon if we can still continue just to get this passage, and I pray you've got favorite scriptures. Have you got favorite scriptures? I pray you've got favorite scriptures. You know, but I, this, is, this, is one, this is probably my favorite, if, if anything. But because um, it just, just opens so many things. But I'm going to focus on verses 23, 24, and 25 this morning. But I want to start from verse 19. It says this, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. I love that scripture because when, you're not, you, when you were not allowed to go into somewhere, but now somewhere has been opened to you, isn't it great that you can go into it? Yeah. Yes. All right. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain to the most holy place. And then we can be right in the presence of God, right in the tangible presence of God, the, the manifest presence of God, the anointed presence of God. We just got to go journey into it and, and follow towards it. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with a sincere hearts, fully trusting Him. For our guilty conscience has been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I love the scripture so much because it's, it just tells us a whole lot of the Bible in just a few scriptures. We're clean. We've been washed by the gr- grace and the love of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Christ on the cross. He paid the penalty. Verse 23, it says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Again, we hold on to hope. We hold on to promises. We don't let go. Verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So now we've, we've, we can hold on to hope, but then we can, uh, our lives can project. Our lives can influence. Our, our lives could do something. Rather than looking inwards, we look outwards. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do. But encourage one another, especially now the day of the law of his return is drawing near. You know, in, in, in this month of September, we're, we're talking about inviting people to church or inviting people home and having a, a lunch or having a dinner or inviting someone out for coffee. And, and has, anyone been asked, has anyone been asked out on a first date yet? Hey. But uh, age, that's a good invitation, sure. But... Uh, but, but <laughs> but it's, and trying to enlarge, getting out of ourselves, out of our own world, and trying to enlarge uh, our, our relationship capacity, right? Who, who, who's got relationships? We've all got relationships. Uh, but we, our goal is to enlarge our relationship, the capacity. I, I wanted to start with the Scripture, but just one because I love it. 
And I'm not ashamed of it. But uh, it, it encourages us so much as we hold on to the hope that Christ has given to us. But it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another. Uh, and, and I love this because here's the thing. If, what would happen if you didn't motivate someone? What would happen? Nothing is the answer. Because you didn't do it. It's like if you're going up to a door and you didn't reach out to the door and open it, go up to the door and open it to walk through it. No, you'd walk into the door. So something would happen. No, you'd walk into the door. So something would happen. I'm playing with you here. If we don't, do, if we don't act, if we don't do something, there's going to be no action. And I want to encourage us, you know, and... and and I'm, 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 I've been encouraged. I've been spurred on. I've hung out with, with Pastor Matt Fielder. The guy is insane in, in a great way. He is so passionate and, and, and so purposeful about, uh, about, about seeing people saved. And it's just stirring my heart. It's like, man, if, if a church with, 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 us, with some great leaders can start from nothing and in 10 years, go to 30,000 people in, in a predominantly Muslim countries all through Asia, Malaysia, KL, Singapore, Botswana. Where else are they? Oh, they're in London now as well. But if that, if that can happen, God wants to do something in Dunedin. God wants to do something in our nation. And, and so it, it, we've got to think of ways how we can provoke one another. The problem is, is, is we, we, we living our nice little lives, but we, 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 we get consumed with the stuff that we go through. And that, dis, that distracts us from, from reaching out to others. And I want to, want to stir us this morning and stir us through the, this whole month about, hey, let's just invite. Let's just bring people. Get, uh, the, the title of this message, and a lot of the times I forget to give messages titles, but I want to tell you the title of this message is The World Needs You In It. Yeah. The world needs you in it. Well, let's, let's do an American thing right now. Touch your neighbor and say, the world needs you in it. Touch your other neighbor and say, the world needs you in it. The world is better with you in it. Did you know that this morning? It's better with you in it. Is it is some people are not convinced. <laughs> like the world is better with you in it. Why? Because you carry the heart of God. You carry the spirit of God. Yeah, sometimes we have to deal through our work on our character and all that sort of stuff. But hey, we'll get to that. But the world needs you in it. You are important. Why? Because you don't know what God is doing through you. Anyone, did you know that? You, sometimes we just don't know what God is doing through you. And you're like, you might, oh, that was just nothing. Well, hey, there was a massive ripple effect. But the world needs you in it. And we're going we're gonna to learn about that in a moment. See, in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's, then the Lord says, let us make human beings in our own image. So the, the Lord's having a conversation with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and saying, come on, let's make humans in our image. So if you're made in the image of God, don't, think you need to, don't you think that you need to be in the world? Is that clear? Because if God created you, 
and that you're unique. God created you because he wanted one of you. And that you're unique, you're, you're special. He's got a purpose, he's got a call, he's got a plan. So the world needs you in it. And it's like, but are we going to use our life for the purposes of Christ? Because the world needs you in it. The Lord world needs you in it. The Lord from the beginning created in us. He even talked about the whole, he was saying it was, it was, the, it was the Trinity. The Trinity worked together. The, the Father needed the Son. The Son needed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needed the Father. The Father needed the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit needed Jesus. They all work together. They, they outwork and they function in, in different ways. And I'm not, I'm not going to teach on the, the different theology around the, the Trinity, but they work together. They needed each other. So if they need each other, do you think we need each other? Yes. All right. So, so I, I want to read out. Uh, so the Lord from the beginning created us. When the Lord formed you, he formed you with a goal in mind. And he created your personality, your character, your gifts, and your talents because he has a plan. We know you might, you might have heard the scriptures of the Lord. There are plans for good, plans to prosper, says the Lord. There are plans for good, plans to prosper. The Lord needs you in it, but we need each other in our world as well. And sometimes it's a challenge because, you know, we can achieve a whole lot by ourselves. Anyone? Yeah, we can. And we get comfortable by ourselves. But who's missing out? Because no one's got you in their world. Have you ever thought of that? See, God's ways are higher than ours. God's, Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are than your ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are than your thoughts. See, sometimes we've just got to go, okay, God, you've got this. You've got this. Um, I want to read out a, a passage of Scripture this morning. Because, and I read it in communion, but I, I just believe it, it's got to, something's going to sink in. Isaiah 53 says this. You've got to understand, this is a prophetic book written before Christ came. So who has believed our message? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in the dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic like a root in the dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his, his appearance, nothing to, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows acquainted with deep deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought, thought, thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his, for his own sin. But, we, but he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sin, he was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. 
he was oppressed and was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a, as, as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He, was, he had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave, but it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be. I will give him the honors of all their sin. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death and he was counted among the rebels. He bore the sin of many and interceded for the rebels. Sometimes the word of God can just preach itself. You know, if you've been a Christian for a little while, you may have read this passage of Scripture. You know, and when it comes to the whole big, the whole inviting people and the whole uh, reaching out to people, we've got to know the reason we do it is because, because someone reached out to us. The reason why we do it is because, because someone reached out to us. Originally, when, when we were lost, we were, we were not saved. We were separated from God because of the sin in our life. But the Lord sent Jesus to come and live a life perfect. And then he died on the cross and he rose again three days later. And it was his blood that was shed on the cross that, that made us righteous. And it's only by faith. It's only by, do we agree? Do we, do we believe that by faith? I was not at the crucifixion. I have not physically seen Jesus. I was not there when he rose again. But I've read it in the Bible and I've heard other people and I've had people pray with me. And I know and I understand in my heart that I was, I was a sinner and I'd been separated from God. But by faith this morning, I know that Jesus died for me and rose again for me. I know that in my heart. I gave my heart to God when I was 14 years old. First Christian in my family. Fell away from the Lord. Then I, then I gave my heart back to the Lord again when I was 17. Recommitted my heart. From then, I've been following Him ever since. Messed up a thousand times. Getting it right. But I'm still saved and I'm still following Jesus by the grace of God. And by faith, following Jesus by the grace of God. And by faith this morning. See, I, I, I share that with you because I, I believe that that's, that's the whole reason why we've got to get into our world. Our world is, is not just now. My world is not just for me now. That could set people free. I think even in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, do not withhold the good. Even in Proverbs chapter 4, it says, do not withhold the good. Don't wait for tomorrow. 
Let's give to our neighbor today the good that we have tomorrow. Let's give to our neighbor today the good that we have. And, and you know, there's, this is something that I pray rises up out of you, that the love of Christ that you've experienced in your life, the salvation, the things that he did in Isaiah chapter 53 that were, were, were foreseen and proclaimed, the, the grace of Christ that was on the cross and what he did that he took, our weaknesses, all, all our iniquities. Amen? <laughs> Something's got to rise up in our spirit. I think prophetically too much is that we're quiet as a church. We're quiet as Christians. There's people like, and, and you know, don't sit there and go, it's all right. The, the Matt Field of Buzz will roll off in another month or two and we'll come back to ground zero and we'll settle again. And no, uh, well, <laughs> gotta be careful what I say here. I want to say, come on, is there something that is, is in your spirit? Is there something that is in your life that you're so grateful and, and passionate and happy about that you just want to tell people that are dying and going to hell? All right, move on. See, everyone needs people in their life. I, 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 I hate to think what my life would be without Jesus. I hate to think, I hate to, I, 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 I know what my sister is, uh, what her life and how, how it's unfolded for her and, and, I'm, and I'm not judging anything or that, but I just think, man, that could have been my life. But I'm so grateful, I'm so thankful. See, Isaiah 53, if you're unsure, turns into Isaiah 54. And Isaiah 54 says this, Sing, O childless woman who have, have never given birth, break into a loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem. You have never been in labor, for the desolate woman now has more children than woman who live, uh, lives with her husband, says the Lord. And we know uh, verse 2 and 3 on, because we've been preaching about and talking about it a little bit, but to enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, and spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will uh, occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. I, I, I just, I get, I get so encouraged about that because there's, so, there's things in this. You know, there's, there's people here that, that, you know, which comes from Isaiah 53. And it's at the end of Isaiah 53, it's talking about how the Lord will be satisfied. The Lord will be satisfied about, why, about the, the things that he's gone through on the cross. Let me just read it another time. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. See, see, Jesus didn't just die on the cross for, for one or two or three people. He died on the cross for the entire world. The entire world. I'm grateful that I'm, I'm now in salvation. I'm now in righteousness because of the love of Christ, because of the blood of Christ. But there's so many people that are not. And I think we've got to enlarge our worlds, enlarge our expectation. You know, sometimes you think, well, how do we, how do we enlarge our world? Well, friends, passionate. And like Pastor Desiree last week, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. I'll show you your future. That one. And I think, man, let, let's, let's get around passionate people. You know, and Pastor Matt talked about this. Hey, you know, yeah, there's stuff. We're going to go through issues in life. But let's walk through the issues. 
But if you want to stay in your issues, stay in your issues. But see you later. I was like, oh, thanks, Pastor Matt. I'll use that one and all this. But how, how often do we just focus on our own issues and poor me and all this? Where, where we could, what, what would happen? What would shift? What would change if we started looking out and going, man, who, who, could, we, who could we pray for? Who could we love? Who could we reach out to? Six says this. Those who live only to satisfy. Galatians chapter six says this. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Whenever we have the opportunity, what could we do? What could you do? That's why I love Hebrews chapter 10. Let's just think of ways. Think of ways. What overflows? I've got to, I'll tell you tonight, I, I, I'm praying. I've got a person who's coming tonight. I, I, he's said yes. So, you know, and I'm pretty sure his yes is his yes. He will come tonight. I believe God's going to touch him. I believe God's gonna, he's going to give his heart to Jesus. I believe he's going he's gonna to step into the call of God in his life. How did that happen? Well, I was just in my world. I was huffing and puffing at the gym, dying after about 30-second machine. It's a true story. Um, it's a true story. Um... But I just kept, I think I did more talking at the gym than I did exercise. But I just keep going to the gym. I just keep talking. And then what happens? It just overflow. Just overflow. I didn't, I didn't go to the gym with my Bible and go whack. No, you just let the, the Bible, let the love of God overflow out of your life. Now, and so, you know, we'll just be having conversations. We're talking. Then suddenly he goes, hey, man, I'd love, can we catch up with for a coffee? I'd love to just talk to you a little bit more about this. I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's catch up. So we're going to catch up. I was like, hey, why don't you come along to church? Oh, oh. I'm like, hey, no pressure, no worries. Just, just know this. I'm always here and I'm praying for you. That's it. That's all you need to know. He's like, okay, I appreciate it. I flicked him a few messages a couple of months back. Hey, man, church is on tonight. Why don't you come? Give text back. Appreciate the text, but not coming. All right, cool, man. Catch you at the gym. Hey, man, we've got this great guy preaching. He's come from Kingdom City. He's a great communicator. I know because I've got, I know Christian language. I don't tell him he's an evangelist, but I know that there's an anointing and a grace on his life to see people saved. So I'm like, you will love him. He's Australian, but he's a nice one, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just have, he's like, you know what? I'll come. All right. So I'm believing tonight that someone's destiny, someone's salvation is going to shift. The world needs you in it. Touch your neighbor and say, the world needs you in it. Touch your other neighbor. 
pathetic. It was like, no one needs you in it. That was pathetic. It was like, no one needs you in it. Oh, he said to touch the other neighbor. The world needs you in it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Where are we at? Five minutes. Sheesh, I've got like 45 minutes of illustrations. The world. <laughs> Well, you should stop doing the world needs you in it things. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <sighs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 to 12. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom. We've read this a number of times. Why? You carry wisdom. You carry variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities of the heavenly places. This was his internal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into the presence of God. Friends, if, if, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, uh, he knows you. He knows you. Everyone needs friends. Everyone needs people in it. I'm glad you're in our world. See, what would happen if, if there weren't relationships in the Bible? What, 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 I wonder what would happen between Elijah and Elisha. What would have happened? The miracles that came from, from that relationship. What about the relationships between Peter, James, and John? Their own gospels and all that about each other. But it was a, it was a relationship that encouraged and a relationship that, that championed each other. Desiree talked last week, Paul and Silas. What about Paul and Ananias? Ananias. It was a bit scary. Or Saul and Ananias. Like, they looked, he looked after Saul while he was blind. And then helped him and led him to a place of freedom. And then, then Saul became Paul. And Paul then became this amazing apostle in the New Testament. See, different relationships. Mary and Elizabeth. What about Mary and Martha? What about the relationship between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? Where Philip didn't even really know who this Ethiopian eunuch was. But I think it's in Acts chapter 8-ish. I, I can't remember. Have a look. But um, the, the, where the, they're traveling home and then... The Ethiopian eunuch's reading some scripture and then, and then and Philip just comes along and said, hey, do you want me to explain this to you? And so he explains it to the eunuch and he's like, baptism, well, why don't I get baptized now? And so they go and find water and, they get ba- and, and he gets baptized. What, that's, 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 that's the eunuch needed Philip in his world. Um, Moses, Aaron and her, we're going to talk about that in a moment. Esther and Mordecai, Ruth, Naomi. Have you thought about that? It was the servant girl. Have you thought about that? It was the servant girl that said to Naaman, hey, go wash seven times. It was just, just a servant girl. What about David and Jonathan, Jesus and Peter, Elijah and Obadiah? That's one that you might not be aware of. But when, when there was no rain, uh, Ahab sent Obadiah to find Elijah, and Obadiah was afraid because if he doesn't, he felt like he feared for his life. But then Elijah promised Obadiah, "I will come and I'll and we'll sort it out." Moses and Jethro—that's a great relationship. His father-in-law, who's got a great father, who's got a great mother-in-law, and a father-in-law, who's got a great mother-in-law, and a father-in-law. It's good. What about Joseph and Reuben? His brother, the brother that didn't want to kill him, 
That's a relationship that I'm glad Reuben was in his world. Right? There was a significant relationship. Uh, what about Nathan and David? Prophet Nathan. Speaking to David, say, hey, David, let me tell you a story about you, lamb. By the way, that's you. You have to read your Bibles to understand all of these. Moses there, you know, got the people out of Egypt. Did a whole lot of things, work, journey. Taught Joshua how to be in the presence of God. Encouraged him, spurred him, like, put courage into him. Encouraged him, spurred him, like, put courage into him. There's so many relationships. Caleb, Joshua, there's two spies that brought back a good report. David and his mighty men, Samson and Delilah. Hey, that's a relationship. Hosea and Gomez, a relationship that, again, read, read, read these relationships in the Bible. They're, they're so amazing. H H Hannah and Samuel, mother and son. Eli and Samuel. David and Solomon. Peter and John and the bulls. What about Lois and Eunice and Timothy, his son? And Timothy, his son. I wonder who could we make room for? We sung that song, there's another in the fire standing next to me. What about the relationships between Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? I wonder what their stance would have been if they were by themselves. Probably the same. I can't assume this. But they cha championed one another. See, I want to do this illustration real quickly before we finish. But in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 to 16, there's this, I'll just read it. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of, of go out and fight the army of Amalek for, for us tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill, army of Amalek for, for us tomorrow. I will stand at the top of the hill, holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did the, what was what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses and Aaron and Hur um, climbed to the top of the nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever the, he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses holding up his hands. So his hands held steady until sunset. Amalekite. Right, I need three people real quick. Three people. One, two, three. Amalekite. Right, I need three people real quick. Three people. One, two, three. There we are. One, two, three. Okay. Right, you can choose who wants to be Moses. Okay. All right. You look like Moses. <laughs> um. Um, hosting team. Can I get rid of this now, please? Thanks. Um, oh, look at that. Undercover hosting team. <laughs> Men in black. Okay. Uh, Aaron and her. H-U-R. All right. Okay. You've, to you've got time. Okay. Um, you've got to hold his arms up because Joshua. All right. Josh, you've got to hold his arms up because Joshua. All right. Joshua, Joshua, you're Joshua. All right, get down there. You're battling. Okay, you're in. You're right. All right. So, so you're winning right now, right? You can just be nice down there. All right. So we got this. This is. A, this, I believe this is going to be a strong illustration. So, it's great that Moses has got someone in his life, right? He's got. He's got an Aaron and a her, and they're holding up his hands. It's great.
because every but when when he wasn't doing well in this moment, it meant that he wasn't doing well. So I want you to hold up his hands. So now that you're doing well in this scenario, so now that you're doing well in this scenario, now he's doing well. Are we, are we getting this just a little bit visually, right? Okay. But here's, here's the thing is um, sometimes this guy's not doing well. So who would, who would hold up his hands? All right, Ben, quick. Uh, I'm going I'm I'm to use almost all of you in a second, all right? All right. all right, okay. But I need someone to hold the other side. And then what about Mike on though? Sometimes in life he needs his, his hands held. So, and then what about Mike on though? Sometimes in life he needs his, his hands held. So I need two more people for that. This is gonna, you guys are going to be here for ages if you don't come up. <laughs> All right? Okay, cool. All right. You can spread out a little bit. You're going to need to grow this way a little bit. But, but what about those guys? What about now Ben and, and uh, what was Sean and Anna and Will? What about them? They need, they need people to hold their hands up as well. So I, I just need, I need um, um, two, four, six, eight. All right. Someone do the math for me here. All right. <laughs> and what if we kept going? What if we kept going? So, oh, now, now we need another 16. 16 more people need to come. So, oh, now, now we need another 16. 16 more people need to come up. Yeah? It's like, oh, well, we've got one. That's good. Oh, here we go. Yeah, great. Come on. Do you, do you, do you understand what's going on here? And like, you guys actually can use the front of the stage. It's fine. Oh, are we getting it? Are we, like, you don't even know me, sort of. That's right. <laughs> but are we getting this? Are, are, we, are we actually getting the, did you know that like, you are affecting him right now, you're, but also challenge, you're helping? See, I, I think we don't understand the importance of having people in our world. I don't, I don't, sometimes I don't think we understand how important you are in someone else's world. There's, there was a game years ago, it was like seven degrees of separation. But apparently, according to the world, you're only seven, a six matter. But apparently, according to the world, you're only seven, a six degrees, sorry, six degrees of separation from anyone in the world. Somehow we can connect through relationships. And th- thanks, guys, grab a seat because we need to finish. My, my, my heart and my prayer this morning is that you know the world is better because you're in it. But the world is better because you're in it is because of Isaiah 53. See, I've, Isaiah 53, this is made a way for. That you, can, you know, it's not about the natural. It's not about the natural. It's about spiritually that you're connected. That, that relationships are so important. And because we choose to step out and because we choose to use our life and our world, you know, we don't know the ripple effect. We don't know the knock-on effect. We just don't know what God is going to do. But I know that He needs you. And I know that He needs me. 
And then there's going to be times where you need your arms lifted up. There's going to be times where you can have them down. But life is about telling the world that Jesus lives. I think when I get to heaven, the only thing I really want to know is how many people were blessed because I was able to share and just love them and tell them about the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. That's, that's what I, I just want to know that. Was it worth it? It's worth it. Why? Because God loves you. He loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son to die on the cross so that we could have eternal life with Him. Eternal relationship. And I wonder this morning if we could say, Lord, even to ourselves, the world is better because I'm in it, because you're in me. And I wonder if we could challenge ourselves. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, great, great, great person. He'd go, Lord, give me an opportunity every day to tell someone about Jesus. There'd be nights where he'd be getting into bed and the Holy Spirit would say, hey, you didn't talk about me with someone. So he'd get up, get dressed and walk back down the street to church, but just started a relationship. He'd get them to church, but just started a relationship. So don't think that you've got to get them across the line. Don't think it's not your job to bring them to salvation. You're just the big invite. You're the person inviting people into a relationship. Amen. Amen. When we stand, we're going to pray. We're going to finish. Because I know all the people that have planned their lunch dinners have got them in the oven. And we don't want to ruin them. Father, I thank you that the world is better because you gave your son in your image. Now, Lord, may we overflow the goodness of grace, the goodness of God in our lives. Overflow the goodness of grace, the goodness of God in our lives. I pray, Lord, for every person in this room that they would know your love and your grace. We hope you enjoyed this message recorded at Equippers Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipperschurch.com.